They're coming to get you, Barbara. so we're all good to go okay so i wanted to start off by saying that your twitter account is probably like one of the most positive twitter accounts i've ever seen oh thank you so much and it's, i try to keep it positive yeah and it's really getting me through this quarantine right now oh good i'm so glad i i really enjoy the um that new thing you added where you have the you know like the number and percent oh yes after That's your name so yeah, that's one of the musicians actually created that. I think I put that up on my page. Yeah, and you it's, did. It's so good because if I'm having a rough day, the people who have asked me what that percentage means, they know if it's low that something's probably going on and they'll just check in. I don't even have to say anything. And it's random people that will catch it and they'll be like, oh, I noticed you went down a few points. Are you okay? So it's kind of cool. You know, I don't even have to say anything. Yeah, like I, I've noticed, like the last—I know you were at like sixty-five a couple days ago, and then it yeah. seemed like the last couple of days you've been about like eighty. And yeah. I just like seeing it because I log on and you know, <laughs> I see like eighty percent, and I'm like, okay, she's happy today. <laughs> she's having yeah. a good day. <laughs> yep. I mean, like everyone else, quarantine's like super hard, you know. Today I went and I. I jog probably like an hour. I try to jog a couple times a week for like an hour. And today I totally wiped out. Literally like landed on my knees. Oh, it was so bad. Ugh. So now I have to take a couple of days off. <laughs> but, yeah, I had saw that like you, you tripped over. You tripped over something, right? It was a. It was like one of those, um, I guess it's like a root. It was in the ground and I thought that I was just going to kick it, but I tripped over it. And I landed so hard on my knees. It was, oh, it was bad. Of course, the first thing I did was look around. Like, don't worry about broken bones or, you know, <laughs> No, you got to like, make sure nobody see? saw you. <laughs> <laughs> no one did. So that was kind of cool. I'm like, okay, I'll crawl back home now. Well, yeah, at, so least, peaceful. well at least you're getting to go on runs. Like, my, my outsidedness is, you know, we have a nice fenced in, you know, private backyard. It's not very <laughs> big. It's... And, you know, but I have three kids and like, I'll take them outside to jump mm -hmm. on the trampoline. And like, that's, that's pretty much my outside time. <laughs> that's funny. I've had a lot of people actually say that they take their kids to the prison yard <laughs> because of the quarantine. <laughs> yeah. So I, I understand that for sure. It's so quiet out there. Like even just like going down the street where it's normally wicked busy. It's so quiet. It's like eerily quiet. Yeah, I I've noticed that too. Like I like I I make the grocery runs because mm -hmm. my wife she's actually you know she's pregnant. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Congratulations! Yeah, she's, yeah, she's twenty two weeks, so we're gonna have a fourth one here wow. in August. And uh, yeah, they're eleven four and one. So like I don't know <laughs> why I keep doing this to myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's great though. Congratulations. But, um, yeah, but, you know, with her being pregnant, she's considered an at-risk group. 
Right. Absolutely. You know, so, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, so I make all the grocery store runs and, you know, that's yeah. when I get out and like, I went to Target the other day and it was, it was like being in an apocalypse movie. Target's you know, like, open? It's open down really? here. Um, hmm. They're limiting how many people can come in. And okay. like, you know, they have like certain part of the stores, like stores like blocked off because they don't want you like dilly dallying. <laughs> you yeah, know, they just yeah. want you to come in, get stuff and get out. But like I went in and it's like, you know, like their return area, you know, return exchange is, is closed. Um, the Starbucks in there is closed. They have like blue X's with like, uh, you know, like blue masking tape on the floor, you know, right. so that you know where to stand while you're well, waiting for your turn in line you know and they're perfectly yeah. six feet apart um there's barely anybody there like some of the people i saw like have masks on you know mm. and then the little intercom would come on every couple minutes and they're like you know here at target we want to keep you your family members and our family members safe so please stay six feet away from you know the next person that you see in the store and don't go in the same aisle and it's like That's so weird it is like every plague movie I have ever seen. <laughs> it is. It's so weird. Like, like in real life. And like I came home and I looked at my wife and I'm like, it is creepy to go to the store these days. It is. It's like ghost town. It's it's such a ghost town. I hear you. I was only going to the gym and back and forth. And it was even there. There was four people there. And I think it was three employees and me. <laughs> And I was like, oh my God, why am I even here? But they had, they did have every other machine. They had paper, like a, a note on it that said, for your safety, this machine has been unplugged. So to keep people safe, but no one was going except for me. No one. And yeah, I only what, went because I knew it was empty. <laughs> that, that's what I do too. Like, you know, I go for my wife and get the stuff. And it's like, I go during non peak times, mm-hmm. you know, so like I'm the only one there. And, you know, if there are other people there, like, our target the uh cash registers are near the women's clothing mm-hmm. <laughs> and like i'm waiting for him to get down and like i'm standing in the middle of women's clothing because like i've got like a 30 foot right. buffer uh... and you know and i'm just trying to make it look like i'm you know looking around so people ain't like why is that idiot standing 30 feet back in <laughs> women's clothing <laughs> but but like i said my wife's pregnant and i got you know two really little ones it's like i don't want to bring mm-hmm. that home so right do you know of anyone that has it or not um i i know a couple people that like maybe thought they had it mm-hmm. uh, you know because they're not really testing mm-hmm. you know because they don't have enough tests and you know there's some people that have gone and they have all the symptoms and they're like but we and they're like oh we can't we can't test you like okay well then what's what's the point <laughs> right 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 i hear you did you see my post about the little couple that i texted yes they are this sweet. They have. They've literally adopted me. I have to call them to or text them tonight. But when I text them, it's such a long, long, drawn out conversation because they're older, and they're both trying to talk at the same time. They are so damn cute, though. The and wife, you're probably the most interaction that they're getting. <laughs> oh, they're adorable. They're so cute. When I I first texted. Uh, this was like when everyone was first quarantined, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna. I'm just gonna text to text my neighbor what they call it your your neighbor number number yep. neighbor and I just said hi to her and I basically was like I just want you to know someone in the world is thinking of you and I hope that you're safe they were so excited oh my god my heart I was like oh my god I love them and then the husband then like a couple days later the husband texts me and he goes I just want you to know I'm one digit off from her 
So if you want to take turns with us, you can do that too. <laughs> and I was like, you guys are so damn cute. Seriously. They sent me pictures of their grandbabies and their, their kids. And I was just like, Oh my God, they they're just adorable. And they'll text me like every, every now and then they'll text me a little, like, are you okay? Are you still, are you staying safe? And they're just so sweet. And that's what I'm saying. Like, at the, like I said, at the top of the show, like your Twitter account is like probably the most wholesome Twitter account. <laughs> that I've come across because I do remember that you texting them and them texting back and you posting the stuff of you know texting back and forth and it's you know so a lot of times you know you get on and it's it's all coronavirus this and politics that you know so you know it's kind of nice sometimes to you know have posts that really don't have anything to do with that <laughs> right right no I tr- I try I mean I have my moments too so I try to like back off but I think a lot uh, with Twitter for me, a lot of it is um, like trying to interact with people. And I'm glad that, you know, as I was complaining because Twitter kind of restricted me for a little bit because they said something to do with the growth, like the growth on my account was the, setting off out. Al- Al- Suspicious. Uh, right. Yeah. So I was like, what? but you know what, honestly, it's kind of a blessing in disguise because I try to get to know people as I add them or as they follow me. And if you have like a whole bunch of people at the same time, you're never going to remember everyone. And I never want to be that person. Like, how's your daughter? Oh, I don't have children. Like, I, I don't want to be that person. So it's kind of good that it, it, they slow you down a little bit. Yeah, like I noticed that like you, you're like really good about interacting with people and, you know, talk, you know, just talking to people. You know, like, you know, it's like, uh, like, it's like a lot of, uh, of people, you know, especially someone, you know, and usually I start off the show with having my guest introduce themselves and, you know, tell them, tell us what you do, but we mm-hmm. kind of like, kind of like jumped into that whole <laughs> virus talk and everything. So yeah. why don't you, before I circle back, why don't you go ahead and like, you know, introduce yourself and tell everybody what it is you do. Okay. So my name is Stacy Forbes and I'm from Boston, Mass. And I am an actor. I know a lot of people say actress, but honestly, in the entertainment industry, there's really no such thing as an actress. It's actually actor across the board. Um, So I actually started doing movies back in 2010, I want to say. And I built my way up. I've worked with some really, really cool people and really talented people. I've seen a lot. I've been to a lot of places. But... um. I'd like to think of myself as humble and grounded. You know, if people ask about the film industry, I'm more than happy to tell them. Or I've had a few people, you know, DM me asking me for advice on how they can get started. You know, they don't have the money to go to an art school. So, and I've, I've been to that, you know, been at that level where I was just starting out and trying to find my way. So I have a bunch of creative ideas that will help people if they're really interested and they don't want to spend money, but they're willing to invest their time on how they can, you know, learn more about the industry. Because even if you don't want to be an actor, when you say you volunteer at an art school, there's always students there that part of the requirement for graduation is is doing short films. So, you know, you can go there and say, do you want to be an actor? Or you can say you want to learn how to be a cameraman or a director or an AD. So there's always, and you can learn for free. I mean, and where, where else would be better than an art school to learn, right? Definitely. But like, wow. I, yeah, because I and I don't remember how See, I'm going to be that guy. Like, I don't remember how we started 
following each other. I don't know if like <laughs> if you were tagged in something, you know, that someone I follow like tagged you in and then like I followed you or, you know, vice versa type thing. But sure. that is like what blew me away about you is because, you know, I did look at your, you know, profile for a lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. And, you know, seeing what you did and it's like, you know, you have like, you know, movies listed like, you know, RIPD, American Hustle, you know, Ted to Patriot Day, you know, so like some yeah. some big studio movies. Right, um, right. I've and, been really um, lucky. Yeah, you know, with some, you know, I mean, like, you know, in some movies with some people, like, you know, everybody knows who Mark Wahlberg is. Everybody knows who Ryan Reynolds is. You like, like, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And um, so you know, having you like being in those movies like that, and then interacting with you on Twitter, you know, it's like usually, I don't want to say usually, but a lot of times you hear like horror stories about you know actors, mm-hmm. you know that. Yeah, you know, they're well, not I mean, very would... nice and things like that. And so, so it really just blows me away, like, how nice you are. <laughs> well, I, I try to be. And, you know, the, the thing is, too, like, the other night I had someone who we were in, like, the public feed. So I'm I'm really cautious with what I say because I know that things can be misinterpreted. Or, you know, even if I'm telling the truth, it could come back and hurt me in the end. So sometimes not saying anything is better than saying, you know, something that you shouldn't you don't want anyone else to hear. So long story short, I did have someone asking me about one of the actors from one of those films you had just mentioned. And she thought the world of him and I worked with him and I did think he was a a talented actor, but at the end of the day, like I was there day in and day out. And I, I know what was happening on the set And this particular person, um, because their pronunciation of their wording during the entire film was so mumbled, they went way over budget because they had to redub the entire script based on him. Like his every line he had, they had to redo. A lot of it's like they had to like do ADR yeah. like on his whole thing. Yes, because oh, you couldn't God. understand what he was saying. Like you just couldn't understand. So as talented as he was. I don't know if that he just thought that that was, you know, a good fit for the role. So that's how he was speaking. But at the end of the day, they went way over budget. And it, it, it obviously it, it didn't work in his favor. <laughs> but so it's <laughs> yeah, I would see how they would be upset was, about that. <laughs> right. I mean, and honestly, we were filming in I think it was 92 degree weather. But because it was like winter or well, late fall, the scenes for the movie, I had like a black sweater on black pants they had my hair down so I literally felt like 150 degrees and it was it was so hot there so hot but you I mean it was amazing because they actually filmed in another state but they made it look like it was Boston and it wasn't Patriot's Day I just want to say that (laughs) but um it wasn't any of the Wahlberg ones but uh we did get in trouble on the Wahlberg set though I can't tell you that 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 was public information apparently when um, the scouts actually found the location, they didn't notify the PD and the fire department that they were going to be recreating the blast from the Boston Marathon. Oh, no. So the police showed up while we were filming that scene. Yeah, it was it was a little bit of a, oh, my God, why are the real police here? It was like it was crazy. Yeah, and then imagine being the police and firemen in that situation. Like they were so mad, you they know, were so like mad. you they have like, what? Yeah, like you have that history there, and then all of a sudden it's like, 
It was a stupid mistake, right? It was someone from California. I mean, they weren't thinking, you know what I mean? How sensitive that is. People were really mad, especially the people in that area, that neighborhood. They were really mad. They were freaking out. And I mean, I can't, I don't blame them. And it's like, I, yeah, you know, you would want someone to be on, on top of that, you know, and on top of that job. And it's like, but I, I understand too. It's like, obviously like I've, I've never really been on a movie set myself, but, you know, I know that there's a lot of moving parts and, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, things that have to happen just so, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. for it all to work out. So, yeah. you know, but forgetting something like that, like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I, it, you know, and everyone's like, someone just lost their job all day. We kept saying, <laughs> I wonder who just lost their job because I mean, they had to build the set and then they had, they had like the actual, I don't know what their team is called, but they did actually do some blasting while we were there. And the funny thing is I was trying so hard to be like, I'm, I'm tough. I can handle this. So Mark Wahlberg was like, are you sure you don't want to put earbuds in like the soundproof? I'm like, no, I'm good. He's like, are you sure? I'm like, yes, I'm fine. I got this. The first time it went off, oh, my God, my ears were ringing for, like, five minutes. And I could see his mouth moving, but I couldn't hear what he was saying. Yeah, you just heard, like, me. (laughs) It was so funny, though. He's like, are you all right? And I caught that. I go, yes, I'm okay. He goes, I can hear you. (laughs) It was just funny. But he ended up going and getting them for me. He He was super polite, though. He really was. It was that was a fun set too. I mean, when we first got there, I I did um two different roles in that one. So I did um I played a nurse who actually got one of the brothers off the ambulance and brought him into the hospital after he was shot. He was handcuffed to the bed. I was a nurse for that, and then I actually was one of the marathon runners in the in like the front line. And when we first got there, you have to remember most sets they want you there at five in the morning because you have to go through wardrobe. You have to um, have your makeup done, have your hair done. And then it's like, hurry up and wait, hurry up and wait. So now it's like 530 in the morning, six in the morning. And they're like, you guys need to go run, go, go look sweaty. I'm like, seriously though? They're like, yeah, go run. (laughs) And they did. They made us run. I'm like, are you serious though? They're like, yeah, go. Yeah, I was, I was in the military, so I know all about hurry up and wait. (laughs) Oh God. It's like, it's so bad because the the pressure i'm like oh my god the pressure please they're like you need to look sweaty like mess your hair up a little bit and but they were they were super protective over a lot of the stuff in that film i mean the i had obviously i had numbers and they they actually bought people's numbers that were in the marathon that were pinned to, to the front of the shirt so they were super protective over over that kind of stuff people were like did you keep your number i'm like oh hell no no they took it they they kept track of that stuff you're like that and wasn't that, even an option. <laughs> yeah, no, it really wasn't. I was like, Ugh. and you weren't supposed to have your cell phones. I mean, I I had mine, but you're not supposed to have your cell phones. They usually confiscate them like right when you check in. And you don't think like on the set how complicated it is. People think that you just go from your house to one location. No. Usually you go, you'll get the night before. They won't tell you anything until the night before if you're where you're going to shoot and then you go to that location you leave your car and then they have a van or a bus come pick you up and they take you to a second location you never know like where you're going to end up so you have to pray that you have all of your stuff with you that you think you're going to need and that's like the 
that pressure. I'm like, oh my God, do I have everything? They're like, you're not moving out. We have stuff here. But there's little things that you <laughs> want to make sure you have, have, like your charger for your, your phone. Um, like I locked my keys in my car one time. Uh, just like little things like that. But you, you get so like, I don't know, the, it's, it's a weird kind of pressure. It's like an exciting kind of pressure. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, no, totally. Like it's, it, it, it's, you're, you're amped up. Like, you know, you're, you're ready to go, you know, yeah. you're going to do something you like to do something, you know, fun, you yeah. know, kind of. And it's like, so you're, you're all amped up for that. And you're not really feeling pressure of like, Oh, I don't want to mess this up. It's more pressure of like, like mm-hmm. you were saying, like, are all my ducks in a row? Do I have everything right. I need so that I can do what I need to do today? Well, I can tell you a really positive story. This this really stuck with me for the longest time, and I will never, ever forget. I was on my way to um, audition for Grown Ups 2, and I was detoured, so I was wicked late. And I got there, and the doors were closed, and it said auditions are closed. Like, there was a note on the door. And all I had in my hand was my headshot, and my resume's on the other side of it, and my keys. And I, like, I just sat on a bench, and I thought I was going to cry my eyes out. I'm like, kidding me why and I literally was like started praying like a weirdo I'm like looking up at the sky like please let somebody still be here and let them see me out here and come get me or whatever but nobody came out so then this one woman comes out who worked at the location she was just I don't know what she did there she wasn't with the film production but she worked in the building and she came outside and I said can I just use the bathroom and she saw that I had my headshot. I go, no, honestly, I know that they're done. I know the doors are closed. I, I'm not even going to try. I just really just need to go to the bathroom and then I'll leave. And she was like, all right, go ahead. So I went in. And then when I came out, this little guy with like jeans on, kind of like a wrinkled T-shirt was walking by when I came out of the bathroom. And he's like, hey, how'd your audition go? And I'm like, actually, I didn't get to audition. And he's like, why? And I said, I was late. He's like, well, you know, if we tell you one o'clock, one o'clock means 1250. If you come at one o'clock, you're late. He's like, so how late were you? I was like, I was late, like 25 minutes late. I said, I got detoured. And he's like, give me that headshot. And he looked at it and then he looked up and he's like, my name is Billy Dowd. I'm the director. He's like, I'm going to call you tomorrow. Are you busy? I was like, hell no. He's like, definitely I not see <laughs> he's like i will see you on the set i was like oh my god like I, you just never know who you're dealing with i mean most people i think would have been like listen freak i'm not gonna let you look at my headshot my number's on there my address is on there but i was like yeah here you go like because you and honestly i think i just felt so defeated by that point but i was shocked that that they let me in i was shocked i was like this yeah, is amazing wow you like never that, know who you're dealing with ever. Yeah, like at that point, you're like, I'm going to the bathroom. I'm going to go <laughs> home. And yeah, you know, it's just like he wants to see it. And it's just like, oh, whatever. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. And I was, I was just, I was so like impressed by like how low key he was. He was like, I like you. I'm going to call you tomorrow. I was like, okay. And he did first thing in the morning. I was like, all right. So I've been very lucky. And I think, you know, if you show that you're dependable and that you're nice to people and you're excited, like they they'll pull you into the scene I mean I've been really lucky where I've been say say that we're all in they call it holding like all of the actors are in holding and then they're looking for like one or two people to say a a few lines 
they'll scan the room and then they'll have one of the assistant directors go over and say, you know, they want you in there, just go. But it takes so much to be that one or, you know, one or two people to stand out in a room of like a hundred people for them to pick you. Right. And I honestly think for me, it's usually because I'm not paying attention. Like I'm talking to someone like American hustle. I, I had some really good um, FaceTime with Bradley and Amy, um, Bradley Cooper and Amy. Um, Adams. Oh yeah. And it was funny because I was so busy talking to people on the set. I wasn't paying attention. And one of the ADs came by and he's like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, oh, I don't, where am I supposed to be? He's like, the makeup artist just walking, you know, used the walkie and told me she has you. She's doing your face. I was like, she's not doing my face. I'm, I'm right here. They <laughs> called Stacy and another Stacy stepped up and the makeup people didn't know. So they started doing this person's face and hair and everything. And they were like, oh my God, what were you doing? I'm like, I was talking. <laughs> I was making friends. They're like, you can't make friends. Like you, this is this isn't the time to make friends. I'm like, I'm sorry. It's but what I, was I do. Like, <laughs> well, I was surprised because although they invested all that time in doing that person's hair and makeup and changing her her wardrobe, they still put me in the scene anyway. I was like, wow, okay, that's cool. And I'll tell you what, that was like one of the hardest films that I ever had to shoot because literally I. We, I danced until my feet were bleeding. I was like crawling back to my car that night. I mean, I would do it all over again. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, I know people like, oh, what do you have to do? They do your hair. They do your makeup. They, they give you what you're going to wear. But sometimes it's not that easy. Like, it's not that easy. It was winter time for status. And I had stilettos on for like 12 hours. And, you know, you basically we were given like a five minute here, this is how you do the hustle. They had a dance instructor come out. They're like, here, this is what you're going to do. I'm like, oh, my God, what? So you just kind of, like, fake it till you make it, I guess. But Great. And, I mean, even at the end of the day, even if they are, you know, like that some people say, oh, what do you do? Uh, you know, they, they do your makeup and your hair and they make you look nice. Okay, yeah, they do that, but you still have to perform. Right, right. Like you know what I mean. Like you still have to go out there and and do the thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you're you it, and if you're not good at that, it doesn't matter how pretty they made you look. <laughs> exactly. No, that's true. I mean, but you know, that's all stuff that you learn along the way too. I mean, I when I first started out, I remember um, a film. I don't remember what film it was, but one of the films, I literally looked right at the camera. And there was so many people there. And he was like, Stacy, is this your first day acting? I'm like, no. Why are you looking right at the camera? I'm like, I don't know. They're like, don't look at us. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. I, and, you know, I don't even know what came over me, why I even did it. But I never did it again. Like, you only have to be called out one time. And you're like, yeah, no, I'm not going to make that mistake again. But, but yeah, like I said, you, you really do have to be nice to everyone. We, I filmed in um, Rhode Island for um, that movie Bleed for This. It was based on that fighter from Rhode Island that was in the accident. And he became, uh, they actually told him he would never fight again. And then he went on to win belts. And Miles Teller played him. Okay. So we filmed in Rhode Island. And we were in the oldest, creakiest house you could imagine. So it was three floors. And they rented it. But they blocked all the streets off so nobody could could get in and bother us which was nice but 
I was on the third floor changing, and they were filming Miles downstairs with, um, what's her name, Katie Seagal? Seagal? How do you say her last name? The one uh, from Sons of Anarchy. Uh, Katie Seagal. Yeah, so, she, so they were filming their scenes downstairs. I was on the third floor trying to change into my 80s outfit, and I, the floor creaked. That director yelled so freaking loud, he scared the crap out of me. He's like, I don't know how it's moving, but stop. I'm like, oh my God, do I change? Because now I know that they're going to be reading for me right after that. So I had like one pant leg on and I'm like playing statue. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're trying to change like as (laughs) quietly as you possibly can. Oh my God, it was crazy. But I mean, they were, they were cool too. She's actually super, super tiny. I I know she looks like really big chested and like, some of the stuff she did but she's actually really really tiny and she was really sweet too i think like for for her you know it really comes across too because obviously i mean i saw her in sons of anarchy because my mom really liked that show i think like i watched maybe the first two seasons of it and then it kind of fell off my radar yeah i've never seen it don't tell but um (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, she, you know, well, you know, like she, in that, like, you know, she plays like this hardcore biker chick, you know, yeah. and, like, you know, she, you know, puts up with no shit and like, you know, she's kind of devious and, you know, but before that, the only thing I, I grew up watching her on Married with Children, you know, right. I, I knew her as, you know, Peg, Peg Bundy. <laughs> right. And she yeah. does not look like that. She's so, she's literally so tiny, like super tiny. And she had blonde hair. I didn't even know that it was her. We were sitting like chair to chair and I heard her voice and I was like, damn, I know that person. <laughs> like, I know that voice. <laughs> and I was like, wow. I'm like, I like your hair. She's like, she's like, I, I don't really have blonde hair. I'm like, I, I know that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I do. I get it. But it, that was kind of a cool set too. Um, I don't know. What what else should we talk about? I can I can talk about film all day. Is there anything <laughs> in particular that any of the well, films? I, you yeah, I was actually going to ask you, um, you know, because you're sitting here and you're naming all these people that you've worked with, you know, like, uh, you know, you're you're standing there having a conversation with Mark Wahlberg about earplugs and, uh, <laughs> you know, and uh, talking to, you know, Katie Seagal about her hair and, you know, <laughs> you know all this stuff like that and FaceTime with Bradley Cooper and Amy Adams. Uh, like, uh, <laughs> have you ever had an instance where, you know, like you've been starstruck? <laughs> like, you know, like you were working with somebody and like maybe, you know, you had to like calm yourself mm-hmm. down or you were just like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this with this person. Maybe a tiny little bit with Bradley Cooper. that's understandable just a tiny little bit (laughs) i think i was more starstruck though because he i mean i because i was in like that little dance scene and it i i don't know if you saw the picture of it but it's like literally the three of us together dancing and um there was a scene where he went into the bathroom and he had to like lift up amy adams dress in the stall but the camera the way the camera showed it you could see that there was a few people in the bathroom but they were all you know not paying attention right and Bradley got squirmish, I guess you could say. So David O. Russell was like, Bradley. And like, I could see them like trying to work it out. And he was like, this is what you got to do. Like, don't, you know, don't mind those people over there. You're going to focus right here on this. And it, it was, it was really interesting to see like someone at that level struggle a tiny bit. I mean, he was fine after that take. We did it a few times and he was fine, but 
he's very um, business oriented and he has a ridiculously high IQ. I don't know if you know that or not, <laughs> but he's actually extremely intelligent, like scary. Yeah. Like I don't know, know super much about him. Like, cause I mean, I don't, you know, really dive into, you know, actors like personal lives and, you know, things like that. Yeah. But like, I do remember um, watching, I knew him from alias. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because I, I was a big Alias fan, like watched mm-hmm. it live when it came out, you know, every week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with his storyline, you know, of, you know, being, you know, Jennifer Garner's friend and being into her. And then, like, you know, he finally finds out, you know, what it is that she does. And she, you know, he has to go in the witness relocation, you know, and all that stuff. Like mm-hmm. just watching him work like in that series. I was I wasn't surprised to see him where he is now. Yeah, yeah, you know, he, like he's he, very talented. Yeah, like he was good. So, like when he blew up, it was like, yeah, I could see it. And so Amy you, Adams is just as nice. I mean, she is so professional and so so sweet, so like genuinely sweet. Like she didn't put up any kind of front. Honestly, uh, most of the women that I've worked with are like amazing. I know that people assume things because everyone has a bad day, but I worked with Maya Rudolph and Kristen Wiig. They are the funniest people I've ever met in my life. They have improv skills that I've never seen before, which makes sense because they did Saturday Night Live for so long. But they are so incredibly naturally funny and talented. Like every now and then I'll comment on them in my feed and and the director from um, Ghostbusters actually commented back at one point because I was giving her props. Kristen's just funny. And Maya, I don't know if you know much about her, but... Maya, um, I worked with Maya and Sam Rockwell, and we when we were on the set, Maya was like walking around and she was singing, and her voice is incredible, incredible. So I asked, like, why isn't she a singer? I mean, she's an amazing, you know, actor, but I, you know, she's great, but she has a voice like an angel, honestly. And they said, you know, her mother was Minnie Ripperton, right? I'm like, yeah. Who's Minnie? Yeah, I didn't know who that was. So they, we, I like went back to the table and I'm playing it under the table trying to listen to it. I was like, oh my god! But she was just as nice. Like Sam Rockwell, same thing. Really, really nice. Yeah, he's another actor I like. Uh, he's uh, so funny, isn't he? So funny. Yeah, and like there's there are like a couple actors that it's like I will watch anything that they are in sight mm-hmm. unseen. Like I don't need to know anything about it. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, Sam Rockwell's one. I love um, him. You know, um, yeah, Sam Rockwell, um, Anna Kendrick. Um, yeah, I, I like her too. I will watch anything Anna Kendrick is in. I I don't care what it is. <laughs> and then she you know, is I incredibly just, tiny. Yeah, and then like you know, so just mentioning those two, it's because you know I was just on Netflix the other day, and it was like there was a movie with both of them in it. <laughs> yeah together. i saw that i love that yeah, movie with him being like the you know the ex-assassin or whatever yes and i knew nothing about this that movie awesome but it had both of them in it so i was like yeah we're watching this <laughs> yeah it was a good movie wasn't it yeah it was very good i love that movie i just and saw he, that recently myself and i think like i'm a fan like you were talking about how like maya rudolph can like you know sing you know mm-hmm. i i love actors that are good at like more than one thing yeah. and like God can Sam Rockwell dance. I know, right? <laughs> you know, so <laughs> he was busting a move in that movie. Yeah, he they every movie he's in, he always gets a little chance to to trot that out. 
Yep, yep. Speaking of dancing, John Travolta was here at one point, and we filmed with him in Boston. And it was it was in a big dance club scene, and I had a little scene with him. He's um, he's he's uh, di- he's different. He's like I don't know how to say that. So he's different. Eccentric. Yes, yes, that's what I was going for. I was trying to find the polite way to say it. But yeah, he um, he was really sweet though. Like I I think it was December or January when we were filming and. And I was like, why would you guys want to film here? Like, it is freezing. It's so cold out. And he's like, well, I'm not here that often, but I do come here in the summer. And I guess he has, like, a house in Maine, and he has his own private jet. He's like, I can just fly back if I don't want to be here. I was like, of course you can. Yes. (laughs) Why did I think of that? Of course you could. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that was awkward. I'm like, alrighty. So, but he, I mean, he was really nice, too. He was. So then, do you have a fa- um, do you have like a, a favorite movie that you've worked on so far? Well, American Hustle was super super fun. Have you ever seen um, The Way Way Back with Sam Rockwell? Yes, I was in that too. He, I, I like I like that one. That was fun, like filming at the water park in um, Massachusetts. That was that was pretty cool. Um, Grown Ups Two was fun. Um, David Spade was literally like the highlight of my day there because I didn't know who he was I knew who he was like I knew who he was from tv but he was sitting next to me and he had like a full-grown like beard thing going on and a Budweiser cap and a flannel and I was literally like trying to like slide my chair over away from him I'm like this guy is freaking me out right now (laughs) like he I could tell he wanted to talk but he wasn't saying anything and then I heard Adam go on the speaker, like Adam had a mic and he was like, David, stop flirting with the girls. And I saw, then he got up and like giggled and walked away. And I was like, oh my God, that was freaking David Spade. <laughs> like, but he, you know, they don't judge, they don't care. I mean, that was, that was pretty cool too. Um, Kevin James, wicked nice. I heard, I, I heard some negative feedback about him, but honestly, he made me so comfortable. I sat with him, Adam. Maria Bello and Sama Hayek and Kevin was so nice he's like you know you know the pain that I have to deal with every day because I'm from New York and my son was born in Boston I'm like so are we still friends because I really (laughs) I want to be friends for this and he was like oh no we're cool we're cool he's like but that's that's a pain that's real I'm like okay like he, he was so funny though because you know he's like a hardcore Yankees fan and then there's me I'm like okay I couldn't be any more Boston but he he was really nice and um Selma Hayek was funny like she she's very dainty like very dainty she's like girl power and she gave me like the knuckles like I'm like okay (laughs) she's she's really cute though Maria Bella was wicked nice um Adam was he was cool too I was a little thrown off because he's very like relaxed I mean, you know how you see him in the movies and he's like, not goofy, but he's just like really chill. Right. So he came in and he's like sitting down, you know, we're doing our scene and there was a few people in the scene that couldn't remember their lines. So Dennis Dugan, the one who did the golf cart and um, bought a boy, he was the director of, of Grown Ups. I don't know if you knew that. Okay. But um, he he was trying to like feed the lines to them. And Adam was just like, you know what? Let's just improv it. Like, screw it. Whatever. So that, like, 
the half of that scene ended up being just them like like hanging out and just talking like normal <laughs> totally off the script but nobody cared it wasn't even it wasn't even a big deal and when adam came in and they were placing us i was really surprised because he just came in with like adidas shorts on you know his t-shirt baseball cap i was like is wardrobe coming him? And they're like, no, no, he's good. He's just like that. That's that's him. I was like, okay. It was it was you know it was kind of cool because they were super relaxed. But um, that film, it, it was it was fun. But that was definitely one of the longest longest shoots that I've had. We were there for a long time, a long long time. <laughs> but so I don't know if I could say like I have like a real favorite. I mean, I, like I said, I love Maya and I love Chris and Wig. They like and Amy Adams obviously is very nice too. It's so hard to say. The what drives me crazy though is I couldn't tell you how many people DM me and ask me, "Do you really know Mark Wahlberg?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I mean, we're not BFFs if that's what you're asking, but that's like such a common question. Some people will ask just right on my feed, and I'm like. I mean, I have my my background image on my page is me with Mark. So right, right. You clearly know that we've talked, <laughs> but they they just want confirmation. So I usually get like a little DM here and there asking me questions like that. But I don't, yeah, I don't mind it. It's just kind of right, it's like, kind of funny. Yeah, it's like well, I mean, I was in movies with him, but I mean, like, it's not like we're texting every day. <laughs> no, definitely <laughs> not. Definitely not like that. I actually hung out with his brother a, a lot more than, you know, him. He, um, his brother, Arthur, is, like, local. And I've done two or three different films with him. And he's he's a nice guy. He's, you know, he's finding his own way, for sure. Like, he's not biting on the, the Wahlberg name at all. He does a lot of, like, independent stuff. He's not, like, big into the Hollywood scene. He does a lot of local indie stuff. But he's a cool guy. You know, we literally... We probably took like a hundred pictures of our, just him and I goofing around with the camera. He was making like every weird, obnoxious face. Like you would have thought that he was on something, but we were just so bored <laughs> that we just started playing with the camera. I have so many shots of him, but he's, he's a wicked nice guy. He really is. And you know, I could tell you Ted, like the actual Ted, he is literally probably like three and a half feet tall. I know he looks like little in the movies but right and he's like he's i don't know how much i'm supposed to tell you <laughs> he's he's on a he's literally like on a stick oh okay yeah so it's but it, it's funny because when seth was seth was the director but he was also like he was he's so multi-talented he was doing the lines for ted shooting the main camera and directing all at the same time when we did ted too I was like, that dude, like, what? He was so nice. So nice. Right, like, it's like, how do you find the energy and keep it straight? Yeah, well, I mean, because you have to imagine, like I said, we start wicked early in the morning. And we'll go until 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. Easily. Easily. So, I actually have your, um, I have your IMDB page open. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I was looking over your stuff, and, and I saw a thing. You know, it says you have, like, under the, I guess it's under the trivia section. It mm -hmm. says you have a degree in business. 
yeah in medicine mm-hmm. with a background in medicine so like that's mm-hmm. what i was going to ask you like um i was um i was when i was in the army i was a medic so oh, okay. when so when i saw your background in medicine I, I made a note that i wanted to ask you like <laughs> like what your background in medicine was so um so when i had first graduated high school i worked at one of the top hospitals in boston and I actually worked there for a long time and I worked my way up. So I was able to train under Harvard professors while I was there. So they taught me the business. I also have a college degree, but they taught me the business side of it, but they also taught me the clinical side. So I can read like biopsy results. Um, I can read lab results, radiology, urinalysis, like CT scans, MRI scans, like all of that. So I have something to fall back on. If I, you know, plummet in the acting industry. <laughs> so, and it's cool because, you know, working under Harvard professors, as soon as you show an interest, they're like, they don't care if you went to Yale or, you know, they're just like, go grab a lab coat and come in because it's a teaching hospital. So what they'll do, the hospital I worked with was a teaching hospital. And so the mds i guess you could say mds their professors whatever right they would bring me in and they would show me they're like all right so this is what we're gonna do we're gonna clip this little tiny thing or whatever so i was able to learn so much that way it's like going to med school without going to med school without all the (laughs) debt so it's a good thing and like in some cases but in other cases it's not so great like i had a family member who um had breast cancer and she called me and she was like, they just called me at home and told me this is my result and I should come into the office on Monday. She's like, what does this mean? I was like, what do you mean? What does it mean? Well, they just told me that it's, you know, carcinoma, but I don't know what that means. And I was like, damn, really? They called you at home. Like it was my aunt and her, you know, my uncle wasn't there. She was by herself. And there I am trying to explain to her, well, they caught it early enough, you know, tell me how big it is, where, where they located it, you know, I, do you have any films? Is there anything I can look at? I was trying to like get as much information as I can. But, you know, when your family knows you have that kind of background, they will call you for everything. Like I'll have people calling me. So my eyes twitching, (laughs) like what, what, what? Like I'm, I'm not a doctor. Like I know, like go to the walk-in. I don't know what to tell you, but you know, it is kind of scary, though, because I, I can understand some of the more in-depth stuff that you don't even want to understand. So, it, I mean, it's a good thing and a bad thing, I guess, at the same time. I'm not completely understand because, like I said, like I was a medic in the Army and, and they teach us so much more than why well, I should preface it by saying, like, the first thing you do when you're a medic in the Army is you go through uh, EMT certification. Mm-hmm. Just like you would if you were going to become an EMT on the street. You know, you mm-hmm. get your EMT basic certification and, you know, on the street, EMT stop there unless they want to, you know, go on to become paramedic. Paramedic, yeah. But we get EMT stuff, we get paramedic stuff, and then we get battlefield medicine. You know, because if you're, you know, out, you know, past the front line, you know, you're you're off the base and, you know, your buddy gets shot or you step on an IED and mm-hmm. you get blown up or, you know, whatever, you know, my job as a medic was, you know, like, I, I got to keep you alive, you know, yeah. until I get you back, you know, to an MD, you know, to a regular okay. doctor. So like, are I, you active now? Uh, no, you... I'm retired now. 
Well, um, thanks for your service. I got yeah, I got out in uh, 2014. Um, okay. But you know, they teach us all that stuff. You know, and then I can I, I came home, and I actually went right into college. I was uh, going to Penn State. Uh, okay. I was an immunology and infectious diseases major, which would have really yeah. came in handy right now. <laughs> right, right. But um, my my baby that's four now, he was born. I was like two years in. He was born, and he got like on a reverse schedule. So like he wanted to sleep all day and party all night. Oh, and Webster. yeah, and I had an eight a.m. majors chemistry class. Ugh. So, and like, you know, my, so like I'm tired, (laughs) my wife is tired. And so like to get up and go to school every day, you know, like, you know, if physically be in class, like really became a chore. So, you know, I ended up leaving. Right. But given those two things combined, like you, like I have all this knowledge and like Mm -hmm. right before like this Corona stuff really hit here, um, he was having issues, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, high fever, you know, 102, mm-hmm. you know, to 103, you mm-hmm. know, nasty, you know, sound and cough, you know, all of this. You know, I, you know, I told my wife, I'm like, his pediatrician ain't open. I was like, I'm taking him to the hospital, you know, because I'm, I'm telling you right now, he's either got pneumonia or bronchitis, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I take him to the emergency room. They swab him for the flu, you know, and all that stuff, RSV, to make sure he doesn't have that first off. You know, that all comes back negative. And so they're like, okay, we're going to do a chest x-ray. So it's like, okay, cool. So, you know, we take him in to do the x-ray. And, you know, since he's four, you know, he's, he's just a little boy. He's never had an x-ray yeah. before. You know, so they're like, well, here, stand still. And we're going to take a cool picture of your inside. And when you're done, <laughs> we'll show it to you. Right? You know, because yep. what boy is going to say no to that? Right. You know, so they take his x-ray and they're like, okay, come see it. So we go back to see it. And as soon as I see it, he's got pneumonia. pneumonia. Because I can see it. (laughs) I can can see the cloudiness in in the lower left lobe of his lung. And so we go back into the room. I call my wife. I'm like, he's got pneumonia. I seen it. You know, we're just, you know, waiting for the doctors to come in. And then the doctors come in and they go, um... He just has a uh, a viral chest infection. What? Um, so that's you know, the worst. Yeah. So uh, take him home. Um, <laughs> you know, keep giving him Tylenol, and Motrin, and if he has a fever after four days, take him to his pediatrician. So I come home and I'm livid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Did you see what you saw? I mean, I know that's yeah. the worst thing because I've been that person and they yeah. argue with you, but yep, and they were not interested at all and that's even why i told him like no look dude i'm not just some regular guy coming off the street like this is what i used to do i have medical knowledge i'm telling you he has pneumonia all right and we went round and round and then by that point it was just like okay you know what i don't i don't want him getting his care from you right you know because you don't know what the hell you're doing (laughs) excuse my the language but uh you know so i was it the er Uh, what was that was it in the er yeah that's the worst place i mean i know that like that's the only place you can go at certain times of the day but yeah i find that's the worst place to go because those are general mds for the most part they don't have specialists on call in the er because it would cost too much right and they don't know every facet of medicine so it's like if you and you try to tell them differently and they're you know they're no they just won't hear it yeah but luckily like we have another hospital in town 
that has a children's urgent care. And it oh, is stocked cool. with pediatricians for when your pediatrician isn't open. You know, so I took him up there, you know, and like we're in the waiting room. He's burning up. You know, he's falling asleep Aww. in my arms, you know, and they they're like this was and this was like really when like, you know, the Corona stuff was first starting. So, so like recent, this place. It, yeah. So this place is packed. And, you know, because everybody that has a cough or this or that yeah. think they have the virus. Right. And they're like, you're they're like, you're going to wait two hours. I'm like, OK. And I, it ended up being longer than that. Like I sat up there with oh him for four God. hours, but How I knew four hours. Oh my God. But I knew something was wrong. You know, like I saw it. So it was like, I am not leaving, you know? Oh and then we, we finally get in the back and I looked at the doctor. I'm like, look, I had him here. I was like, this is what I used to do. I'm telling you, he has, he has pneumonia, lower left lobe. Right. And she goes, okay. She was like, I believe you, but we're going to do it. I have to do an x-ray you know, and look, you know, so we have it for our records, you know, and all that good stuff. So, you know, they take him, they do it, you know, we come back, you know, we're sitting there waiting and like, she comes in and she goes, yep, you were absolutely right. Pneumonia, lower left lobe. I was like, I know, I saw it. Wow. <laughs> you, you know, yeah. and, and my quarantine has actually been longer than a lot of other people's because he got the pneumonia and mm. then this was just starting to happen and like I said, I, I was two years into an immunology and infectious diseases degree. So I seen this quarantine coming a mile away. Mm. And with him having pneumonia, he's already compromised. Right. So if he would have got COVID on top of that, he probably would have died. You know, yeah. so I looked at my, I, I took my 11 year old out of school. I looked mm. at my wife. I was like, he, he had 10 days. He had a 10 day script for uh, amoxicillin. I was like, I'm taking the oldest out of school for 10 days. You have annual leave. You need to take 10 days off work. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take off work. And like, I shut my house down. Mm -hmm. I made it to where none of us could bring that home while he had pneumonia, mm -hmm. you know? So, and then a couple days after I did that, everything started closing. Like, you know, my son's school called and was like, yeah, we're shutting down, you know, da, 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 da. So like, I was just a little ahead of the curve. <laughs> it's just crazy how fast it happened. It went from this isn't a big deal to, oh, my God, don't leave your house. Yeah, and that's what I was I was telling a lot of my friends, you know, because like I said, I, I, I do have that background. I was like, listen, man, I'm like, this is going to happen. Like, they're going to start shutting stuff down. And, you know, I've been telling everybody, I was like, they, you know, they kind of need to do here what they did in Italy, you know, right. suspend mortgages, suspend payments, and mm -hmm. just shut it all down, you know, yeah. two weeks. Yeah. That way, everybody that's sick can get better. The virus has nowhere else to go because nobody's going anywhere. You know, stop with the essential and non-essential and, you know, all this. Just, just shut it down. Right. You know, and then just, you know, but you have, you know, all the economy and, okay, yes, I understand the economy is going to take a dip, but take that hit now right. instead of later. Right. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, I totally agree with you. I have a lot of friends that are in New York and one of them is really, really sick right now. Two, actually, two of them are very, very sick. One of them uploaded a video on Twitter, actually. And it was so sad. She just looks so terrible. And she's like, I can't breathe. They sent me home. There's no beds left. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, it just, it's so sad. Yeah, because New York's getting hit. Yeah. So it's, hard. It's, it's so sad. And that's, what people, and that's what people don't seem to understand about the social distancing. 
mm-hmm. know, it's like it's not really, it, you know, yes, people are still going to get sick, but you do it so that, you know, not everybody's getting sick and going to the hospital at the same time. You know, because yeah, I just then you... today that the the first minor passed away from it in New York. He was seventeen. Yeah, it's like you know, you that's oh, how you run out of beds, you run out of ventilators, you run out of stuff because everybody is sick at the same time. Whereas if you mm-hmm. stagger it, right. you know, you don't run through all your equipment. Right. How long do you foresee it? What do you think? I have been telling my friends, I've been telling a lot of people, I even told my mom, like, August. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. See? Yep, I know. <laughs> it's I kind know. of funny I was how the you were going to say June. <laughs> you know, how, no, how the people that, you know, have a little bit of knowledge, like, we yep. all seem to agree that it's going to be that August time frame. Yep. And, you know, it's like, oh, well let's open it back up in April. No, that's not going to happen, you know, and then we're going to get to the end of the April and it's going to be like, oh, no, we got to extend into May. You're like, you know what I mean? Like, just, just rip the Band-Aid off, man. I know, I know. The only thing that really scares me is that the people that have um, addiction problems and that need methadone and whatnot, like, what's going to happen to those people? Are they going to start robbing other people? I mean, how do they, what will they do? Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I, don't, like, I don't know anyone in that position, but I mean, uh, I've read I've read something today that they were saying, you know, at some point that's going to become a problem because they can only go so long without that. Yes, yeah, that, and that's why I'm saying, like, the longer the longer you draw this out, the worse it's going to be. Right. You know, because stuff right. is going to get exhausted. You know, you're going to run out of this. You're going to run out of that. Whereas if you just just take the hit now, just mm-hmm. shut it all down is the market gonna plummet yes is this gonna happen is that gonna happen yes but then after two weeks you know to you know two to three weeks if you really get everybody on board you can start you know it's a lot easier to dig yourself out of a two to three week hole than it is to dig yourself out of a four to five month hole (laughs) right exactly exactly yeah it's a scary time right now (laughs) ironically i actually got some auditions sent to me yesterday and guess where they were new york, new york. i know i remember <laughs> no, when like you. yeah and i remember like when all of this started you know obviously like i didn't know that you had the medicine background and you know stuff like that yeah. you know but i was just going off mine and i remember it was just first starting to get off the ground and you were saying oh i have this thing and it's in new york and i remember reading it and i'm like oh please don't go to new york <laughs> yeah they canceled it they canceled it on me I'm like at first I was like okay that's probably not a good thing but then I thought mm, yeah nope that's probably the best thing really yeah I've done like some work from home so that's helpful like little things but but yeah like I, I saw it and I was just like oh no I was like please don't go to New York like but like I but I'm not one of the people like you know I I I, I would never deign to jump on somebody's Twitter and be like listen don't go there. I knew in the back of my mind, I knew, you know, I, I probably would have told them like, we should probably postpone this at some point. Like we could do it in the future. But I mean, fortunately they had, you know, smarts enough that they were like, yeah, no, <laughs> you shouldn't come here. Right. Cause I think so. I did say something on your Twitter, but I think like I worded it as like, you know, I was like, well, if you're going there, be extra careful because, you know, New York's really, you know, getting hit hard, 
Yeah, right. so, you know, like that was that was the limit of what I was gonna say. <laughs> but like in my brain, it was like, don't get to New York, don't get to New York. Yeah, I mean, I I think I would have came around to that conclusion on my own, really, but. And that's what I figured. And like, and that's why this whole thing is hard is because like, I know what needs to be done. Like we just talked about, but right. I'm not one of them people that's, you know, going to be like, Hey, get in the house. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I'm, like, and that's just help. it. Like I, I'm afraid to like even post that I'm out because people like jump on top of me. Like today I had posted that I ran, like I, I went jogging, but you know, what, what people don't understand is, I'm going jogging in a path like that's private and there literally was no one there. Probably not my smartest decision today, but you know, there was literally no one there. It was so peaceful. I mean, I just, I jogged around lakes and you know, nobody bothered me, but people like, do you have your mask on? But I'm by myself. There's literally not a soul there. No one. Like there were birds and turtles. That was it. Yeah, that was me and my mom today. Like, you know, she was like, well, they're saying to wear a mask if you leave the house. Like, you know, but none of those reporters had masks on. Well, mom, you wouldn't be able to understand the reporters if they had masks on. You know, like, <laughs> they're, you know, they're taking a chance at getting sick to make sure that you're staying informed. Like, okay, right. like, it's not like a gotcha thing or a, I'm a lying to you thing. It's like, no, there's a reason why they don't have it on. And, you right. know, and I said, you know, I take my kids out back on the trampoline. And she's like, oh, are you, are, are you wearing your mask? No, because yet? I'm not sick. <laughs> None of my kids are sick. Like, you know, there's nobody out there. I'm like, mom, it's not hanging. This isn't a 12 monkey scenario. Okay. Like it's not hanging around in the air. And if you step outside and take a deep breath up, now you got it and you're done. Right. <laughs> How is your wife getting her care? <laughs> so that's been really interesting. Um, they have really clamped down on the doctor visit stuff here. So like we went to do the ultrasound, the, the anatomy ultrasound a couple weeks ago to find out what the baby is. Mm-hmm. And the baby did not cooperate. They kept their oh, no. legs crossed the whole time. So we still have no idea. But <laughs> when we went to that one, this was all just starting. And uh, what they did was I drove her to the appointment. She went in and I had to wait in the car until I heard that. Yeah, until they were ready to take her back. Then once she was going back, she called me and said, hey, I'm going back. So I was able to come in. You know, I ran up the stairs. I hit the hand sanitizer. So I went straight through the waiting room and in. Like, so like, you know, they're staggering people so that they don't have anybody in the waiting room, you know, because Hmm. you don't want a congregation of people, you know, and and then they have all the doors open. So you're not touching doorknobs. You're not, you know, you're not touching anything. You're coming in, you're coming out and, and you're done. Right. And um and then she had her monthly appointment uh Friday and I wasn't able to go to that one. She she had to go by herself. Um mm-hmm. you know, so she went down there and did that and you know, came home and gave me all the info and then next Friday, well here in four days, we actually have a second ultrasound to try and figure out like what Oh, the you gotta tell her to have a candy bar or like a tonic or something before she goes so the baby's wicked active. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, she needs to have like like a Snickers or something with sugar, like Skittles, something will, with get that baby moving. I will definitely pass that on, but I can't. Uh, we already know that I'm not allowed to go to that one, so Aww. she's gonna take her. She's gonna take our one son's iPad with her, and then I <laughs> have mine. So then, when when they're ready to do the thing, you know, she's gonna FaceTime me and then turn her iPad toward the screen. Aww. And then you know, so I can watch it from home. So you know, I'll I'll be at, at home when I when we hopefully find out. 
Now, what's your take on what you're having? What do you think? No idea? Well, see, I I don't know if it's that I'm trying to talk myself into it or what, but it's like we have, like I said, three kids, 11, 4, and 1. They are all boys. Oh, and okay. I want a little girl so badly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. You know, so it's like, so like, you know, it's like, I want to feel like we're having a girl, but I don't know if that's just wishful thinking on my part. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, you know what I mean? But like, yeah. but a lot of her, a lot of her stuff has been different. Like pregnancy stuff has been different this time. Mm-hmm. Um, well, like, yeah. like her morning sickness was so much worse this time. And lasted so. Did much they longer. give her like compazine or anything? Um, not at first. Mm-hmm. Um, at first they were like, "Oh, try small snacks and try this and try that." And I'm like, you know, and it got to the point where like she was getting so nauseous that like you know she was getting dizzy and Aww. you know like stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm like, no, listen, I'm like, there are over the counter stuff that they can give you, right? Just to, to stop this. <laughs> yeah, there's. I know there's lollipops too that stop it. Yeah, I think it drives her crazy that I know what I know because she comes home and she says <laughs> stuff about a doctor, and I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm right? like, you need to go in and you need to tell them this. And my wife is so, I don't want to say timid, mm-hmm. but she's not really a, a, a come in and put her foot down type person. Okay. That that's what I'm for. <laughs> I'm the I'm I'm the pit bull on the chain, <laughs> you know, that she lets off when things gets too much. You know, yeah. like I'll walk into the doctors and be like, Hey, what the hell do you think you're doing? <laughs> well, someone's gotta do it, right? Right. And like I'm that guy. So Yeah, what can you do? But you know, we're yeah, so Friday, hopefully we we find out what's going on. You know, I'm, really hoping girl but if not it it is what it is <laughs> well make sure you dm me if you're not going to announce it i want to know um i know we are we are going to announce um she she has an idea she wants to do something with you know because it's going to be easter this weekend and we're going to find out friday easter sunday I, she wants to do something with like eggs and paint and, huh. and three boys um that's her thing. Like, you know, she's got it figured out. I'll, I'll basically show up on the day of and make sure it goes off. Without a hitch. <laughs> that's, right. that, that's my role. <laughs> yeah. Well, the kids must be really excited. Did they, I mean, your 11 year old obviously understands. Yeah. He understands. Uh, the four year old pretty much understands, you know, he's like, there's a baby in your belly. You know, babies come from mommy's bellies, you know, you know, that's where he's at on the, on the knowledge scale. Um, and then of course the one-year-old, he's got no clue. He, he doesn't know what's going on. He's, he's too busy getting into things he's not supposed to and <laughs> diving off of high furniture and trying to give me a heart attack. <laughs> well, I mean, at least you have all your baby stuff out still, right? Yes. Yes, we do. <laughs> that's cool. It's a lot of babies over there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, that's what I said. It's like, you know, <laughs> the oldest one was born in 2008. And then I joined the army and then, you know, so she had, you know, the IU, the I, you know, the IED, you know, they, or the IUD that they put in. IUD, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, intrauterine. So, mm-hmm. you know, she had that. So we weren't really having any kids at that point. And then we decided we wanted to have some more and she got that taken out. But like the hormones from having it in for so long really mm-hmm. messed with her cycle and her schedule and, you know, all that uh-huh. stuff. So like we, we ended up like trying for a really long time. 
and then it was like we had the four-year-old in 2016 and then we had the one-year-old in 2018 and now we're going to have this one in 2020 so you got a nice you know two-year you know 16 18 20 two-year yeah. two-year gap you know and then and then an eight-year gap mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like this mm-hmm. is how we should have did it. it was two 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 <laughs> that's a lot of work my god i mean they must be so fun but i can't imagine like I'm tired now. I couldn't imagine taking care of kids. Oh my god. I yeah yeah. It's 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 like okay. So I'm a, like you know in the first Avengers mm-hmm. when when Captain America is talking to Hulk, you know, and he's like, "What's your secret?" You know, yeah. and Hulk's like, "Well, I'm always angry. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm always tired. <laughs> like, like that's my secret. <laughs> like I'm always tired. I've just I've just learned how to." Go with it and function on as little sleep as possible. That is perfect. What a perfect analogy. Because, you know, he's still in that stage of, you know, he's not sleeping all the way through the night yet. You know, oh, he right. wakes up because he's hungry, you know, so he's getting the milk and, you know, he's getting this. And, you know, so even when we do go to sleep, it's not sound sleep. You mm-hmm. know, it's not restful all the way through the night sleep. <laughs> you know, like I'm up, I'm down, I'm up, I'm down, I'm up, I'm down. Right. And my wife too, and you know, it really takes it out of her because she's she's you know she's creating another human being, so she's tired already. <laughs> That's rough. That is rough. Well, I give you guys all the credit in the world. But it really is fun, though. Like you know, my four year old, you know, he's at that stage now. Like you know, he has his own personality, and like ugh, my four year old is so smart. Really? Yeah, you know, like I know a lot of like you know parents say that, and you know mm-hmm. they you know that thing, but it's like my four year old, like he's building Lego sets for ages eight and up. I have oh, to wow. put, I have to put the tools up because I came upstairs the other day and I had left my screwdriver down and he had taken his bed apart. What? <laughs> yeah, like you know, and and he just. He just knows things, man. Like, you know, That's awesome. soaks, he soaks stuff up, you know, like one day he looked at me, you know, and I was like, hey, what shape is this? Like I was pointing at a diamond mm-hmm. and he was like, he was like, oh, that's a rhombus. What? And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is a rhombus? Like what? Right? <laughs> and like here, rhombus is another term for diamond. Oh my God. I've never heard that word before. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it, you know, and he'll look at my mom because like my, when I was working, my mom would babysit him. Mm-hmm. You know, she'd be like, "What are you teaching this kid? Like, what is he watching?" Because, like, you know, he like explained to her like how a like how gears work in a hydraulic press truck to lift stuff up and down, and it's like you're four. Like, what are you talking you're about? You're gonna have like, to have his IQ tested at some point. Yes, it's an, that's it's crazy. Insanity. Like, you know, and so he really keeps me on my toes. <laughs> like, yeah, I bet. I bet he'll be the next the next big uh brainiac out there you know and then like my 11 year old is the same like he he's like really good with his hands mm-hmm. you know, like, like again like the legos like he has a ton of you know just miscellaneous legos and like he can build stuff out of legos without any directions that you know stuff with gears and rubber bands and stuff moves and you know but he's not using an instruction book he's like oh no i saw it in my head and i put it together and when those when the 11 when the four-year-old gets older and those two like really get together like it's gonna be a bad time (laughs) wow like i'm i'm not looking forward well at least you know that you can look forward to scholarships right yeah i'm really hoping so because trying to put four kids through school i i i don't have that kind of money (laughs) i know 
Oh, I can't imagine. I can't even imagine what it would cost when they're, you know, of age. Yeah, because it goes up so much every year. It's it's insanity. Yep, sure is. So I have to I have to ask you because I am one A. I am a horror podcast. And yeah. you did have that tweet about watching the scary movie the other night and then sleep time was gonna be an issue. <laughs> oh my god, I'm such a chicken. I seriously am. <laughs> But I do it to myself. I still watch them anyway, even though I know I'm not going to be able to sleep. That's what I was just about to ask you. I was going to be like, so are you the chicken that avoids them all together? Or no. Or are you the chicken who's like, I know I'm going to regret this later, but it's happening. <laughs> I do. I, I don't know why I do it. And the funny thing is, like, I watch them when it's darker. Like, today, I was here just chilling watching Netflix. I could have been watching them during the day when it's nice and bright, but I'm like, no, I'm going to save them for tonight. <laughs> so that I can watch them by myself and be terrified for the rest of the night. But it's yeah, funny it's, it's, because I like skip by the edges of my bed and then I try to avoid the mirror. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's like that meme, you know, when they're like, <laughs> "Oh, are you feeling alone?" You know, put on a scary movie and turn off the lights, and after a couple of minutes, you won't feel like you're alone anymore. <laughs> right? Have you seen that movie? I I wish I could remember the name of it. Um, where it's an author and she's deaf. And she's like in the cabin for the weekend. I oh, um, hush! Oh my god, I love that movie. Wasn't that great? Yeah, I I find most things that Mike Flanagan does is pretty great, uh, horror movie wise. Uh, he's like he you know, he did Hush. I don't know if you've seen Oculus. Um, I don't recall. What was that about? It's about a mirror. <laughs> um, oh. Uh, and it has uh, it has a uh, Kristen Gilliam in it, the girl that played Amy Pond and. Doctor Who and plays Nebula and Guardians, oh. but it has her in it and her brother, and it's like about this. It's I'll call it a haunted mirror, but like you know, when she was growing up, you know, her parents had bought this mirror into the house, and like both of her parents ended up dead, and her her brother ended up going to like a psych ward because like everybody thought he did it, and here it was like no, it was demons in the mirror, you know, and but she didn't believe it, hmm. so he gets out. Was that like, the one that it was in the basement? The uh, mirror was in the basement. No, not the basement, but okay. but like, if you can find it, definitely check it out. But okay, but you should definitely watch it during the daytime. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, but like he did that. He also did the uh, the Netflix, the Haunting of Hill House, mm-hmm. that series on Netflix. That was Flanagan yeah. as well. Okay, like yeah, he does he does a lot of good scary movies. Um, but no, I understand you on the whole mirror thing because yeah, it freaks me out like bad. I saw, I saw a nightmare on Elm Street Part Three when I was like seven or eight. Okay. And there's a part in it where the girl. I know exactly what part you're talking about. Yes, where she (laughs) woke up and she goes to the bathroom and the handles turn into his hands and grab her, and then she looks up and he's in the mirror. Like Mm -hmm. that ruined mirrors for me forever, (laughs) like forever. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. I watched one recently I can't remember the name of it but it was basically a family and they had um, you know what I don't even think it was a mirror now that I think of it I think it was an old stove and those like the bad souls were coming out of it I, can't okay. I don't remember what the name of it was I've watched a ton of Netflix lately like ridiculous amounts well I mean what else is there to do <laughs> <laughs> no right exactly and I mean, that's me. Like, I have Netflix, I have Hulu, I have, you know, uh, Amazon Prime. Like, basically, like, if it's a streaming service, I have it. 
because I don't have cable. You know, I oh, okay. I paid for my I pay for my internet, but you know, as far as cable goes, it's like, well, no, I only want certain channels, but you know, they don't let you pay based upon you know, you don't get to pick what channels you want. Right. Like, like, you know what I mean? But it's like with streaming services, it's like, okay, yeah, I want that one or I don't want that one, you know? And it's, and I mean, I got Disney plus, I got, I got all of it, you know? So like the kids can watch stuff and, you know, so basically I can watch whatever I want, you know, right. and I'm not paying like a $200 bill for, for cable. Right. You know, so. so you must have multiple TVs <laughs> while oh, you yeah, watch on your computer. Oh, no, no, no. I, we, we, not, there's like a TV in like every room of this house. Like, oh. <laughs> like, yeah, I've got a TV in the bedroom. There's a TV in the 11 year old's room. The three year old has a TV in his room. There's a TV in the living room. Like our refrigerator is one of those smart refrigerators. And like you can actually, since our TV in the living room is a Samsung and our refrigerator is a Samsung, if I'm like in the kitchen cooking, I can actually mirror the, the television screen to the refrigerator. What? Yeah, like so it shows up on the refrigerator screen, so like I can watch whatever Same. I'm watching while I'm making dinner. Like, oh wow, yeah, like we're very. I, I love technology, so we're very, we're very up on the tech in this house. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm gonna look that fridge up. Yeah, it's a smart. It's a smart refrigerator. Is, is what they call it. Where did so, you like, get it? Uh, I got ours. We got it at Lowe's. Okay. But the other day I was making dinner and I was watching an American werewolf in London because, you know, I'd put the Blu-ray in, in the living room and then it was like, oh yeah, we got to get dinner started. So then I just mirrored it out there and wow, yeah, I was watching it while, while doing that. And I've been watching a lot of horror movies lately because I am a horror movie podcast. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I pick an episode to do. So then like, you know, like, like me and my wife, you know, she's my co-host. And, you know, we just dropped that new episode today on The Conjuring. So we watched The Conjuring, not yesterday, but the day before, you know, because we always watch it before we talk about it, because if not, I'm not going to remember it. (laughs) (laughs) That's me. That's totally me. Yeah. You know, so so, you know, I'm watching two, three horror movies a week because, you know, I'm getting episodes ready. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll be. So how do you pick your people? You just kind of you see who's out there and you just hit them up or. For, for interviews? Yeah. Yes. Um, it's a little bit of both. Um, I, I honestly just like talking to people. Okay. Uh, so that's why, like, even though, like, I mean, like, you're not, you know, you're not a horror actress. You don't really have, other than, like, that, that short movie you sent me. Right. Uh, that restitution. Yeah. Um, you know, that I watched and that was, that was different. Um, <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> that was just a short. Yeah. But, that was uh, a Netflix contest, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was like local independent people, and they submitted it to Netflix, and it was by Felicia was the theme. Oh, okay. I was wondering yeah. why that was the, the, the final line, so that, that makes yeah. sense. I figured it was just like a play on your character's name, so it kind of works on two levels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, um, basically, I, um, I would like to do more stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I would like to do in a perfect world. Like if my podcast was doing exactly what I wanted it to do, um, you know, I would have four episodes a month that are movies. You know, like okay. we just did the conjuring um, next Monday. We're watching um, both versions of the Amityville horror, you know, the original and the mm-hmm. remake of Ryan Reynolds. So we're yeah, going to buy that house a few times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
I wanted to go, but I heard they like they changed the windows because they got pe- they they got tired of people gawking. So like the yeah. house doesn't even really look like the house anymore. True. Um, but we're gonna watch those and do a comparison, and then the third week we're doing the autopsy of Jane Doe. And I just watched that, and I still don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a How very bad is that? little movie. Yeah. Um, and then we're finishing the month up with Insidious, but you know, so those are like the four episodes for the month, and then. I try to get one or two interviews. And what type, like, what type of occupation are you looking to interview? Like, writers, actors, ads, directors. I okay. Well, I'm, you're my first actor. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've talked to a director um, that uh, you might have seen on Twitter. It's like at, at Johnny K. He did a horror short called "The Killer on uh, the Killer of Grassy Ridge." Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a ten minute thing on YouTube, and it is. It is magnificent. Um, yeah, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, definitely. It's it's magnificent. Um, so, like, I talked to him about that. And when I first started this podcast, my first couple of interviews actually were authors because um, I actually have a bachelor's in English and creative writing. And oh, wow. You're like every man. <laughs> I, I love learning. I, I love getting knowledge. Like, I do. Like, I love learning new things. I do, um, too. You know, like I've during this quarantine, I've been teaching myself Python, you know, computer code. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So just to learn it. But, um, uh, I've had a couple of short stories published, uh, through a company called Kind Night Press. And it, you know, I ended up being really good friends with the editor, okay. um, you know, cause we worked on the edits for it. So, uh, when I started the podcast, he was actually my first interview. Uh, you know, it was him because I knew him and I was like, Hey, would you mind, you know, coming on and doing this, doing this thing for me? And then he actually made a lot of their other authors available to me. That's awesome. Um, you know, so like my first, so like, yeah, like I think like my first three or four interviews are all authors. Um, but I, my, my, uh, my friend Frank, uh, who is on Twitter as well. He runs like the mutant fam account. Uh, oh, okay. He he messes with me all the time. He tells me that my podcast is going to be the Joe Rogan podcast of horror. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you've ever listened to Joe Rogan's podcast. No. But basically, like, you know, he's a comedian and he does MMA and stuff. But, like, he brings people in to interview. He doesn't care what their, their job is or their background is. It's just does he find them interesting. So, like, you know, he's had on com- comedians. He's had on scientists. He's had on doctors. He's had on actors. Like, hmm it doesn't matter. And I think like, that's what I'm going for. Yeah. I mean, of I course, have a I friend love... that does like the creepy pasta thing. Okay. Yeah. I've interviewed a bunch of creepy pasta people. Oh, have like, you? Narrators. Yeah. I, I, I did yeah. a, um, I did a, I did a narrator, a YouTube narrator week, not too long ago. And, um, I interviewed like three of them. There's and, a lot of them out there. A ton. <laughs> and, I feel um, bad. Cause they're always like sub, sub, sub. I'm like, okay. Now I'm getting hundreds of like notifications to my phone. Right. I can't keep but, up with them. Yeah. But I mean, like I would love to, I would love to definitely do horror ones just cause like, that's what I'm, I, I love horror movies. You know, I see yeah. them way too young and they just took over, um, yeah. you know? So, and I mean, like I do have my own little wish list for that. I mean, like I talk to, um, um, I don't know if you know who um, Joe Bob Briggs is. No, but like he has a show on Shutter called The Last Drive-In. So like he's like a horror host. 
Okay. Um, you know, kind of like the old school horror host, like, you know, like Spengoli and Chili Billy Cardell and stuff like that. Okay. But, like, he has a male girl. Um, her name's Diana Prince, but she goes by Darcy the male girl. And, like, I interviewed her. It was crazy. Like, I didn't think she'd do it because, I mean, mm. like, you know, because she, she's on the show, like, she's huge, you know, and here's little old me like hey would you be on my podcast i just started but like she is fantastic um she was like definitely you know and like she should like she was real professional about it like you know like i'm just this little old guy who records this podcast out of his home and you know she she, we set the time and like she showed up and she you know she was ready to go and she was engaging and like you know like you would have you would have thought i was a professional (laughs) you know like (laughs) You know, I think you sound like a professional. Like I've been doing it since January now, so I'm. I'm oh, you're like new, in. new. Yeah, oh, I'm, yeah. I would have yeah. never known that if you didn't. Yeah, I'm new, like That's new, new. Cool. But Good um, for you. But yeah, like I do have a um, I do have a, a a wish list. Like, uh, have you ever since you okay you watch horror movies? Like, have you ever seen Reanimator? No. But um, okay, so it has Jeffrey Combs in it and Barbara Crampton. Okay. And, like I, I would absolutely like that's my dream. Like I would absolutely love to have Barbara Crampton on my podcast. Is she on Twitter? She is. Hmm. Are you following her? Oh, of course. Yeah. I want to find her. <laughs> and like you know, we get like, and she's like, she's awesome. Like um, you know, she interacts with her fans a lot. Like um, we've been doing live tweets of some of her movies because they're on Shutter, and like she jumps in and live tweets with us. Um, oh that's cool yeah like she's very nice she's very approachable like you know i just did one the other night and she had something else going on you know she was like oh she's like i'm sorry i'm you know but like after it was over she came back like a couple hours later and i got like all these notifications and here it was because she was coming through and she was liking all of my my live tweets for it you know and then she was like i'm sorry that she said i'm sorry i missed this like i definitely want you know she's like i'll definitely get in on the next one and it's like Oh, that's awesome. Like, you know, how many people would do that? Well, you know, what surprises me is that a lot of um, people that you would least expect to respond to you, like say through a DM will respond to you. Believe it or not, they they will. Yeah, that's why I know. It's like her DMs are closed. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I haven't really been able to just be like, hey, because I'm I don't know if it's from being in the army or, or whatnot, but. I, as I tell my friends, I'm like, I'm not afraid to shoot my shot with anybody. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah. I will just, hey, so I have this podcast. Like, would you like to come on? Like, what's the worst, <laughs> they, could, what's the worst they could say? No. Okay. Right. Well, if they say no, I'm not in any different position than I was before. Like, you know, they, they weren't on it before. Okay. They're not going to be on it now. But if they say yes. <laughs> right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, then everything changes. So it's so I've, I've never really been one that's, that's afraid to to ask. Yeah. And there's no reason you shouldn't. No yeah, good like, reason. yeah. And that's like even with yours, it was like, you know, I just DM'd you. I was like, hey, so would you mind coming on? Like, you know, <laughs> you know, and it was like, I didn't know what you were going to say. But like, if you would have said no, I was like, OK, cool. They're like, but, you know. You're up no, for I, it. I never say no. I'm always like, oh, let's talk film. Absolutely. I love it. You know, especially now because it kind of brings my spirits up, you know, because I miss it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, you know, being stuck in, you're not getting to do all that. Well, you know, I had like the roughest week last week because I needed to 
send in, I was doing a short and they sent me over the script and then they sent me over the, the shot list. And I was like, why are you sending me the shot list? Right. Cause I have to shoot myself. And that totally freaked me out. Oh, wow. <laughs> because so now you have to do all of the shots yourself, stay in character, remember your lines and make sure that you're getting clear shots, clean shots, that your sound is right. Your light is right. I was like, Oh my God. I was so stressed out. And it took me all day, literally all day to do it. Oh, yeah. it. Cause now you're doing it all. Cause like you were saying, like, like with Seth, like now you're acting, you're essentially directing yourself. Yeah. You know, it, was, you're, it was wicked hard. Yeah. You're setting up the camera. You're, you know, you're doing light. You say you're doing grip, you know, like you're, you're basically doing like every job on a set. I was sweating it. Let me tell you, I was sweating it. And I, and there was a deadline. They wanted it by midnight that night. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. I was freaking out, totally freaking out. Because I was like, you know, I'm not editing any of this. I sent it all over raw. I'm like, here's a ton of footage. I did every shot that you wanted. Like, if you need more, let me know. But I gave them more than enough. And they were like, yep, this is perfect. This will work. But the good thing about it is the script actually was based on a dating app. So I had all my lines here and then the guy had all his lines at his house and then oh, editing okay. will kind of like do their magic. So. Well, I guess that makes it a easier. little bit, that makes it a little bit easier. <laughs> yeah, no, it does. It does. But definitely shooting yourself is tough. I mean, usually if I get anything that's a self audition, I'm like, oh, it's the worst. <laughs> it's the worst. Because, I mean, it's tough enough to try to remember your lines and then, like, get yourself familiar with that character. And But then you're worried about your camera, your angle, your light, your sound. It's like, oh, yeah, like it you're takes start, so long. Yeah, because, like, now you have to worry about stuff you've never had to worry about before. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. But then, okay, yeah, I don't I, take for granted those people anymore. <laughs> like, I have right, a whole right. new like, appreciation like, oh, for crew. Yeah, like, oh, your job is hard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Those poor guys, they get yelled at so much. I mean, I know you said you've never been on a set, but Lord, like I worked on a set with um, Jennifer Lawrence, and that was a David O. Russell film too. But he has a little bit of a temper. I don't know if you've read about him, but yes, oh yes, oh yes. <laughs> so that was kind of that was a thing with us a couple of times that we had to clear out for a little while so that he could get composed, but. Um, yeah, it's it's tough because you want to like be perfect and be spot on all the time. But, you know, I'm hard on myself. Never mind having a director like yelling. <sighs> that just freaks me out. Freaks me out. I told you I worked with Robbie, Robert Downey, right? Robert you, Downey. Did, you did not. He is literally the nicest man ever. Literally. Literally so, so nice. And I love him. He's like a short little dude, but I love him. So in, in one of his scenes, he they had to bring in apple boxes for him, like, the, you know, the crates. Right. So he would be, like, eye level to um, James, James D'Onofrio. Am I saying his name right? D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio. Okay, yeah, I know who you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about. D'Onofrio. He's, he's a giant. Yeah. And Robert's, like, teeny tiny. Teeny tiny. But when we filmed, again, they block off like all the intersections and most of the you know places that are nearby, they can block off. But because we had multiple scenes we were shooting that day, it wasn't like one location. So we had to keep moving further and further down. I mean, you can't stop people from going home. 
But there were people standing on top of their roofs, on top of buildings, just to try to get like a clear shot. I was like, oh my God, they're crazy. What are they doing on top of buildings just to get a clear shot? But he was so sweet. Like he bought everyone on the set Tiffany jewelry. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he bought he bought the guy's stuff too. And then um, he actually stopped us from filming, like in the middle of a, of a scene. Because he heard the kids outside, and they had, like, those big styrofoam fingers, and they were chanting, our DJ. And he was like, I gotta go out there. So he did. He went out there and took pictures with all the little kids and signed autographs. And he was, like, a little kid when he came back in. He had the biggest smile on his face because he knew, like, he just, like, lit up 100 people outside. They were so excited that he went out there and talked to them. And he was so sweet about it. Yeah, I love hearing stuff about him because it's like, like, I love seeing how he turned it all around. Yeah, exactly. You know, know, everybody is like aware of his, you know, of his past and like the problems that he had. And, you know, and then like, you know, he comes out, you know, and he gets clean and, you know, and he comes out and like, you know, he gets Iron Man, Sherlock Holmes. (laughs) Right. like, Like, you know, like pretty much back to back and then just like takes off again. He's yeah. he's literally like such a different person from what we saw, you know, on TV for a little while there. Like all the right. bad press, such a different person. Well, it's like I heard too. Um, I think it was like you know with when like that like when the Marvel universe was really like you know just getting its you know ground and stuff. You know, it was like you know they had done the first Avengers, and you know like he was you know he was making more money you know than everybody else because you know he had been Iron Man you know for so long. Right. And, you know, and it was basically like, I think like it came time, you know, I think it was either like for Iron Man three or one of the Avengers movies. I, I can't remember which one it is. So I don't want to be concrete, but like, I know it was basically like, it was going to be his last one, but they needed him for other movies, you know, right. down the line. And like, he was pretty much like, well, unless you give, you know, Chris Evans, like yeah, all these things, like, unless you give these other guys raises and you start paying them what they're worth, like, I'm not coming back. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Like he he really does look out for like the little guy. That's for sure. You know, because I mean, he knew he had the power, right? You right. know, and did something positive, did something good. Yeah, and he he did look out for the cast too because I can't recall what that director's name was. Um, that was the judge that film, but he had a little bit of a temper too. Oh, it's such a great <laughs> film too. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, that was another one because like what I was talking about before like Robert Downey Jr. is another one I'll watch whatever he's in sight unseen like it it, it does not matter and he's amazing like, you know and the judge came out and it was like you know it was it had him you know and then obviously Robert Duvall um, you know and it was like I had not seen really seen any previews for it but like it came out and I saw it you know at the store and it was like Robert Downey Jr. oh Robert Duvall into the cart <laughs> yeah he's awesome <laughs> he is D'Onofrio was like, he's an amazing actor. He literally did his scene three different ways. Like, we would reset. He would come in and do it one way. Then would reset. He'd do it another way. Like, he has such a good range. Like, you know how they say some actors are method actors? So, if you're on, say, a series, like a weekly series or whatever, that kind of is like a stigma because people expect you to be that person all the time right because they're thinking you every week be that right right but even though he was on that was what was the name of the show he was on was it csi 
Uh, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio? Or no, it was um, Special Victims. Yeah, it was Law and Order. It was not Criminal yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. I, I would have I assumed that that would have stuck with him and they would consider him like a method actor, but that's totally not the case. Like, he's, he's definitely gotten a lot of work. He's very poetic. He seems like it. Yeah, if you ever check out his feed, he's always dropping, like, these really deep, deep poems, like, and they're off the top of his head. <laughs> it's crazy. Then I, ha- I-, I will ask you then, like, because as you were asking me about my podcast and you were asking, like, you know, who I want to talk to and, you know, who I would like to have on, you know, and it was like I mentioned Barbara Crampton and then, like, my, you know, absolute, like, stratosphere one that I don't think would ever come true in a million years would be Robert England because I, yeah, like I said, I saw Elm Street at such a young age, so, like, I'm a big Freddy Krueger fan. Yeah, so, me too. I like Freddy Krueger. Yeah, so to talk to Robert England, like, they would be like, okay, I could pack it in now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, because like, it's never going to get higher than this. So, if they, I would say, like, those are my two for me. Like, do you have somebody that you really want, you know, would really love to do a movie with that you haven't yet? Um, Morgan Freeman. I would love to work with him. So is there, is it the voice? Is there, is there, is there I don't know. Why? <laughs> I don't, there's something about him. I've always wanted to work with him. Always. I, I don't care. I know that he's, he's had some bad press too, but I don't care. I still, I just think he's just amazing. And I would love to work with Sam Rockwell again. Can never get enough of him. He's the best. And I really like how when we, when we were filming, he was totally open to new ideas. Like when we were there, obviously you have a script you have to go through and they, they want you to stick to the script as much as you can. I know a lot of people are like, how do you memorize lines? Like it's so much. And it is. But the trick is most directors, they give you a little bit of leeway. So you don't have to say it word for word. As long as you're getting the basic point across for that scene, you could drop a word or two. It's not going to be the end of the world. They don't like make you do it over seven times until you say every single word. And Sam Rocco was like really cool like that. He's, he's like, well, let's try it this way or let's try it this way. He didn't really like, you know, stick to the script as, as hard as everybody else does, which I thought was pretty cool. <laughs> So, yeah, like, I would imagine, like, working with people like that would be a a good experience. You know, someone that's open and willing to try things different ways than somebody who's, like, rigid. And it's like, no, I want it this way, and we're going to stay here until it's done this way. Like, I I would imagine, like, that would be miserable for everybody. That's the difference between working independent films and then working SAG films. So, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm SAG eligible. So what that means is they call it, we call it the golden ticket. So once you've, you've um, done enough feature film work, it's recognized by SAG, which is a union. Yes. Yeah, right. Right. And they'll send you a letter, which that's the golden ticket. And then it says, we formally invite you into the Screen Actors Guild, blah, 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 blah. So it's your choice whether you want to join or not. So for me... I'm not in Hollywood. I'm, you know, I'm a local girl, really. Um, I do travel in, in for films, but for the most part, I like to kind of stick to my, my area, what I know. And most of the time, I mean, we got like maybe four or five feature films a year. 
So the rest of my work would be independent. And right. independent films are usually low budget. Low yeah. budget means they can't pay a SAG fee. SAG obviously is like double what a non-union would get paid. Right. So for me, it's really tough because they call you a holdout. So basically, you're eligible, but you want you want to do both. Like you want to work indie films, but you also want to work feature films. And it's tough because they'll only put you in so many feature films and then they'll tell you you have to join. Because you know, the, if they pull you in and they're putting you in a principal role, they are only allowed to do that a, a few times. And then eventually it gets, they catch on and they'll, you know, because it goes by your social security and there's a whole system right. that they plug in. So, I mean, it's tough for me because, I mean, I'll give you a good example. And I'm not saying that actors are, are treated poorly if they're in the union, but they're, they are treated different. I will say that. So... When we were filming, um, was it Grown Ups? I'm not even sure which one it was. We were filming. By the way, Adam Sandler was ridiculous with, like, getting us. We had chefs. We had chef stations at lunch. So there was, like, an Italian station, like, a Chinese food station, Mexican. He hooked us up so good. But anyway, so one of the films, at the end of the night, they always buy, like, pizza. Especially if you film, say, after, like, five or six or whatever. Um, if you go over eight hours, they have to supply supper. So they, right. they buy like a whole thing of pizza. So they bring you back to what they call holding or base camp, whichever you want to call it. Um, if it's the same, I should say. So you walk in and there's usually a curtain drawn in the middle of the room. So the union people go on one side of the curtain and the non-union go on the other side. So I go over and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so hungry. So I go to get a piece of pizza. And this woman was like, are you union? And I was like, well, I'm saggy. And she shut the pizza box on me. Wow. <laughs> I was so mad. So I go back to my table with, like, you know, all the other actors. And I'm, I was so mad. And I'm like, that's it. I'm joining. And they're like, that's one expensive piece of pizza. We'll just buy you one on the way home. I'm like, I'm so <laughs> insulted right now. I'm like, I'm just going to join. They're like, don't join because you'll be sorry because then you'll have to say no to every independent thing that comes your way. And yeah, I was like, I, was say, like, I don't, I, I honestly, I don't know. I mean, like, I know what SAG is, but right. like, but like, isn't there like rules to where like, if you like, if, if you I have caught. like a SAG card, like, like you have to be paid like X amount. Yeah. So and if yeah, you get caught like, working unpaid or working at a non-union rate, you can get in a lot of trouble. You don't right. want to get like, Yeah, so like you were saying, so yeah, so like that would definitely price you out of a lot of independent, if not all right. things, because they would not be able to afford your rate that you would have to take because you belong to this organization. Exactly. And it's it's tough because the people that are in SAG, as much as, and I, I mean, I get along with both both sides, but, you know, for the most part, they're like, it's unfair that you're that you, you just sit on the fence. Like, we're paying dues. We're in the union. I'm like, right, but maybe working independent wasn't important to you at the time, but I bet you you think it is now because Massachusetts doesn't have feature films every month. So if if I joined, I would have to try to budget myself off of living off of a couple of films a year, which is impossible. It really is impossible. Yeah, I mean, it, they it, pay you, but not that great. Right. So, like, it would it would seem like... Like, like the decision to join SAG would be 
like a kind of thing where like that's where like you really make a decision on like what you want out of and your moving career. to LA. Yeah, sure. like you know, it's like if you're if you want to do independent stuff, be local. You like you like doing films, you know, like whatever, like that. It's like okay, yeah, like don't join SAG. But then, like, right. you know, if you're like okay, like I'm gonna join SAG, then it's like okay, you got to go to Hollywood. You know, you've really got to work in getting in, you know, moving up the ladder and getting in more stuff because, like you said, you're only going to get in so many things. Yeah, I mean, it it really it, it it was like it was such like a bittersweet kind of thing because when I first you know, receive my notice from them. I mean, that's like a huge moment for someone to get that far. Like I didn't go to, you know, some wonderful art school. I, I was trained under um, one of the acting coaches at the New, Eng- the New York Film Academy. But I mean, I didn't attend the school. I did some training. That's what I did. But, you know, it's it's a huge thing to get that letter. They call it the golden ticket. I mean, right. it's, it's a big, big thing. And, you know, people go years without getting that. Some people never get it. So it, it's huge. But then, you know, I, I think I, at the time I had Facebook, which I don't anymore because I think it was, I don't know, it's kind of a toxic place. But yeah, um, I'm, I'm pretty much disconnected <laughs> from Facebook by myself. <laughs> yeah, I don't, have, I don't have it. But I think I announced it on there. And I can't tell you, like, how quickly the indie people that I've worked with came out and they were like, you understand that if you join, we'll never be able to work together again. Like that will be the end of our film relationship. I'll never be able to bring you on again. And that, you know, that hurt me because uh, one of my friends, his name is Joseph and he actually, he's on Twitter as well. Um, We ran um, an independent film challenge group type thing called the Boston Indie Mafia. And we actually would show films once, I think it was once a month. Um, And we would allow people to submit like six minute shorts. And we rented a huge hall. It was a nonprofit. So they basically paid five dollars to get in. But it was wicked, wicked nice. It was called the Arts for the Armory. And they had a huge screen. And we would, you know, put people's stuff up there. And we were open to taking like college kids who had to do shorts. We did independent people. We had people coming from New York. New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Maine, Connecticut, just to show their films there. And then we ended up getting sponsors and getting prizes for them. And it turned into this whole like big thing. And there's, you know, basically the two of us trying to run it. And he was like, all right, I I think you're done with this. Because I couldn't keep up. He couldn't keep up. (laughs) I'm trying to work. He's trying to work because he works in Boston at BU. And it was just, it was too much for us. But that, you know, basically that reminded me like why I don't join. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have been able to support all those indie films. You know, I wouldn't have been able to join forces with them and help them. I wouldn't have, I could get in a lot of trouble and I don't want to be blackballed. Right. But there is a huge difference because like I said, when you're non-union and you're on the set, union always eats first, always. So whatever's left over, that's what you get. So you have to kind of weigh what's important to you. Do you want to work a couple of times a year and then have like another job? Or do you want to be able to do independent and do feature, you know, SAG films? So it was, I was going to say, so it would seem like in your case, like with the SAG thing, like you, you don't really want to go to the party. You're not interested in going to party, but you're, you're just happy that you got invited to the party. (laughs) 
That's exactly it because that's such <laughs> it's such a lifetime achievement. I mean, picture this. So I filmed an American Hustle. Do you know what it was like sitting at home watching the Oscars with Bradley up there? And I'm sitting like at home watching it on my TV. I don't want it, like I'm not interested in that like big spotlight life. Like for me, it was enough just having like local people supporting us. That was nice, but I don't want like that that level. Like that level is just I think we too much pressure for anyone. I just I don't I wouldn't want it. Yeah, like really you like wouldn't. acting in films, but like you don't want to be a movie star. Yeah, yeah, like, that's exactly it. I mean, and and it's funny because with Twitter, which I totally didn't expect at all, usually when I get a DM, the first thing they say, when you know, obviously they'll say hi or they'll say, Is this really you? Or, or <laughs> can you yeah it's kind of funny can you prove it to you um but they'll say i can't believe your dms are open and i'm like you know what some of my the best conversations i have are in my direct message so it's open like i i like talking to people as long as they keep it pg-13 i'll talk to you you know right. I, I, but it's it's funny because I, I i can understand like people are like oh so are you a real actress I'm like I'm an actor, and yeah, I definitely am. I guess I do. Do, I you, not see, do you not see my cover banner? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny. Well, you know, someone actually DM'd me last night. I was I was laughing so hard. So he DMs me, and first he's like, "Hi, are you like a real freaking actress, like a real one?" And I wrote back, "Yes." And then he wrote back, "And your DM is open?" And I said, "Yes." He goes, "Okay, thank you. Have a good night." I was like, okay. <laughs> so that's it. That's that's all we got. All right. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It really is. But I, mean, I, can some... see, I can see why though, because like I I do have a lot of people that like I would love to have on the podcast, and like I said, I'm not afraid to reach out to anybody. And mm-hmm. like usually, I will go to their Twitter page, and it's like DMs closed, 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 closed. So it's like, okay, well, man, like how can I, you know get a hold of this person to you know to ask them you know because i don't really want to just like you know blast out a tweet and tag them in it like it just feels so personal (laughs) like like, you know know. what i mean like i would much rather be able to be like hello like i love your work you know this is why i want you to come on you Mm -hmm. know i think so so i can understand why some people might be astonished that your dms are open yeah i mean I've actually, I've had Twitter since 2011, but quite honestly, I didn't post until probably January of this year. (laughs) But I went from like 500 people to, I think I have almost 4,000 since January. So I've done pretty well, like just trying to, you know, make friends and interact with people. And, you know, I I don't, I like it. I do. And it's funny because I think about it now, I'm like, What's going to happen when I have to go back to work and I can't tweet and talk to people? What am I going to do? <laughs> like, I've become so used to, like, waking up and just checking and seeing what's our, what is everyone doing today? Yeah, you like, know? I wake up in the morning and, like, I do, like, I pick up my phone and, and like, <laughs> I do, I hop on Twitter because, like, I have a bunch of notifications and, like, I just want to see what everybody's up to. Like, you know, like, yeah. you know, like, what happened overnight or, you know, mm-hmm. like, what's happened in the morning so far because I got up late or, <laughs> or something. Right. But I yep. get what you're saying, too, because um, I started a Twitter, like, it was a personal Twitter account mm-hmm. uh, a couple years ago, like, in November, like, when my first short story was published because, you know, I was setting this up as an author. 
Mm-hmm. And it took me from then until now. Um, I think like I got like, I'm at like 1340 about on followers. Mm-hmm. And like I did that like in two and a half years. And then I started this new one that follows you in January. Cause like I started a podcast and it's like, okay, I need to be on Twitter. So I started one with for the podcast and it's April. And I think I'm only 20 followers behind. <laughs> really? What I have on my personal one. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm almost like 1350 in like four months, but yeah. it's just because I'm always on, like, I'm always talking to people. Yeah. Like, you know, like I'm always like running polls, like, you know, like a lot, of, I mean, like, I know I did the one last night, like, Hey, my conjuring podcast episode drops tomorrow, go check it out. But I very, like, I'm not always on there. Like go listen to my podcast, go listen to my podcast, go listen mm-hmm. to my podcast. Like, like I'm doing polls, I'm doing live tweets with people, like, you know, I'm, you know, watching movies, you know, like I'm doing like interactive, engaging things. And that's, then, that's like, key. Like, yeah, that's how you're going to gain your followers, because, you know, once you start to get personal with them and they kind of learn, you know, what you're about and you learn what they're about, they they rely on going on and seeing like how your day was and what, you know, what you have going on for the weekend. And it's huge. I mean, I have. um I have one person that I literally adore. His name is Brian uh, Reed. And I met, I haven't personally met him, but he literally is like my, my little manager. He's so awesome. He, he will send me a message in the morning. He's like, what time are you jogging today? Because I told him, I'm like, I'm lagging so bad because my schedule is so thrown off. You know, I, I, it's hard to get motivated because there's no one out. And so he'll send me like little, he's like my cheerleader. He'll send me a little DM. He's like, all right, today we're going to get you out by two. Like you need to be up and dressed and be out by two. And when the gym was open, he would send me a message and say, you know, you want to try to get to the gym by one today. Like he's so, so good. I wouldn't have that kind of contact otherwise without Twitter. See, and that's how I am on Twitter. Like I am a cheerleader. (laughs) You gotta be. like I get on and somebody's like, I don't know if I can do this thing. And I'm like, what do you mean? You could totally do the thing. Get yeah. up and, and go do the thing. <laughs> like, yeah. Like you can. And, you know, and, and, and sometimes, especially with this quarantine and people not being able to get out, like, you know, that, that takes a toll, you know, like, you know, people get depressed or, you know, they get into a funk cause they can't get out and they can't do anything or, yeah. you know, or like I, I have some, a couple doctors on my feed, you know, like, and one was like, I know this is an unpopular opinion, but I'm afraid to go to work right now, you know, cause she's right. in New York, you know? And, yeah. you know, like, I know I'm a doctor. I'm not supposed to be afraid, you know, da, da, da. and I'm like, who told you you're not supposed to be afraid? Like, you're not a robot. You know, you're, you're a human being like, you know, that that's perfectly okay. So like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I tried to go around, especially now and just, you know, hop on when I see somebody post something and they're having a hard time. Like I will make it a point to hop on and just be like, you got this. Like, you know, just say something positive because sometimes like just one positive comment will get somebody through a day. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. I try to keep my stuff like as positive as I can. And if I'm having a tough time, I do try to keep it vague. But, you know, the other thing is like, I don't want to say I use Twitter, but I rely on Twitter for a neutral opinion. Like I had a, I put a poll out yesterday asking people like, if somebody burns you, do you forgive them? Do you, you know, help them? Even if they didn't say sorry, you know, they need help. Like I rely on people to give me an honest opinion 
you know, it's, it's helpful because it's a neutral, they're not involved. Um, and that's like, it's engaging because they can say they've been in that position before. Yeah. Like you can, you can have a soundboard that doesn't necessarily have an agenda. Right. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, this has been extremely fun. I, I enjoyed our, our talk, but yeah, I thank hear, you so much. I hear a couple of my children crying downstairs. So okay. probably get help. <laughs> but, All right. Um, but like, I, yeah, I definitely enjoyed this. And um, like I said, I'm like you said, who do I want on? I am always looking for people to interview. So if you have anybody that's bored, it doesn't have anything to do. Well, I actually, one <laughs> of my friends, um, I can, what I'll do is I'll DM you his info. Um, he does, okay. he does like the creepy pastas, but, and he's also like a professional photographer too, but, um, I'll definitely, uh, send his info over to you. Yeah. Cause I will talk to anybody. <laughs> You'd love him. He's so great. All right. Well, cool. I will, I will look out for that and I will keep following. Like I said, I will keep following your, uh, your daily Twitter stuff. Cause like I said, uh, very, very wholesome, very, very nice to see. And that's actually, um, one of the other people in mutant fam with me, uh, Lily at Lily's lab. Um, I told her that I was about to interview you and she had said something about, she showed you something mm-hmm. uh, from like Ted or Ted too. And like, yeah, Lily was like, she's amazing. She's so nice. <laughs> so it's like, so like you have a reputation. <laughs> like Thank a lot of you people so much. You're, you're just like the nicest person. So Thank you. That's so that sweet. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you so much. You are welcome. So thank All right. you. I will talk to you soon and definitely DM me anytime. And I, I do want to know what the um, baby sex is. <laughs> I, I will definitely, I will definitely tell you. I will definitely let you know. <laughs> All right. Have a good night. Take care of those babies. You too. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. for you. Look, there comes one of them now.